So it is great to be with you this morning, and I'm especially honored to be invited into your home, those of you who are watching with us right now through Faith Troy at Home. My name is Joe, and if you remember, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of the things as we started this series is I I told you um, that when when you do what I do, right, you kind of feel at times, especially um, when when everybody, right, all of you, uh, are kind of like your kids, right? And, um, and, and so this morning, I wanted to just take a couple of minutes, and, um, and, and I just want to tell you a couple things that are on, uh, on my heart, um, and some things that I actually wish for you. I, I wish that every single one of you uh, could feel what it feels like to have um, somebody sitting on the front row that you've been praying for, that you've been asking God to work in their life for years, perhaps, and then to watch that person be baptized, and then to know um, that in some small way, some, some way that you actually had a, a part in what it is that your Heavenly Father did in, in that person's life. I, I wish that so much um, for, for every, every single one of you. I, I wish for all of you who still have the words of a college professor or a high school teacher rolling around in the back of your brain telling you why you can't trust the Bible and why believing in Jesus or believing in God is silly or doesn't make sense. Um, I, with all of you who have that, those little nagging seeds of doubt still kind of hanging out somewhere in, in, in your heart, I, I just wish that all of you would, um, would, would take a little bit of time and a little bit of inconvenience and put yourself into an environment where you can actually ask and wrestle with those questions and actually get real answers instead of just sitting there and living. Right, with those, those feelings all the time. Now, I, I wish for all of you who are mature followers of Jesus, meaning that you have been following Jesus for 10 or 15 or, or more years, I, I wish that all of you, and, and I get it, you're going to be the first ones to say, well, um, God still has a lot to do in me still, I can't do that. Uh, but just hear me out. For those of you who, who have been following Jesus for 10 or 15 or more years, I wish that you, that you would just take the opportunity to put yourself into an environment where you can actually help to teach and to instruct and to care for other followers of Jesus who are younger in their faith than you are. So that you can actually feel what it feel like, feels like to realize that, okay, um, even though God isn't done with me and even though I have a lot to learn myself, um, I can see what my Heavenly Father's been doing in me. That he's actually been producing something and growing something in me. I, I just want all of you so badly, so badly, I, I wish that for you and, and I want all of you to experience what that feels like. I want all of you to experience, I wish all of you could experience the peace that actually comes from not being ruled by your possessions. The freedom that actually comes when you understand what it looks like to give first, to save second, and then to live on on the rest. To to not uh, feel this constant, constant, constant financial pressure like you got to keep up, you got to keep up, like you got to nickel and dime every single thing because you're always just, you're under the the power of your possessions. I just, I, I wish all of you, I wish all of you could just feel the peace and the freedom that comes from not living with your possessions ruling your life. I, I wish that for all, th- those are just a couple of things. I mean, I could go on and on, and, and, and I know Pastor Tony feels this way about you and Pastor RJ. I mean, we, we do, we just have these, these wishes for you that if we could push like a magic button and make you all experience those things, I mean, we, we would do that in a heartbeat. And, and see, something that you need to know about me as, as your pastor, right, um, 
I am in no way content to see a bunch of people just come in and out of a building every single week. Like, not at all, not even, not even close. That doesn't, this never even comes on my, my radar. I never pray this for you. Right? My prayer is that for every single one of you, uh, I want every single one of you connected into a group of people who will know them, who will love them, and who will pray for them. Because, see, my prayer for you as a church, my dream and my prayer for all of us, individually and corporately, my dream for all of us, it's not about getting people to attend church. It is about having people actually attach to Jesus. And, see, the truth is, I think that's actually what you want also. Because the reason we want people to attach to Jesus is because we want to see people grow in their relationship with Jesus. We want to help people understand what it looks like to actually bring Jesus into a relationship. right? That we would be a community of followers of Jesus who are actually in community with one another. And that we're all working, actively working to create community for one another. Right? And listen, this is no, you know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, um, and, and it's easy to say, right, but this is no small task. In fact, this is something that we know only God is able to do, because many times in order for this to happen, we have to actually go against what's easiest for us, what's most comfortable for us. This is always upstream. This is always against the current. And so consequently, this is very, very hard. It is one of the things that only God can make happen. And yet this is so critically, critically important for us as a people and for us especially as a church. Because we know, and and you know this, right? Individually, all of us know this. We know that if we're going to grow spiritually, that growing spiritually is always more than just listening to something or taking notes, right? No matter how applicable, no matter how good, um, no matter how meaningful uh, or helpful it may be, right? Growing is always more. Than taking notes because growth and maturity always happens, right? Isn't this true? Growth and maturity always happens in the context of a relationship, whether it's personal growth and maturity or spiritual growth and maturity. Growth and maturity of all types always happens in the context of a relationship. Because again, let's be honest, you can come in here every single week, you can watch every single week, and, and I promise if you do that, you're going to learn a whole bunch of stuff. Right? You will learn all kinds of stuff. But every single one of us know that what makes the difference is not learning. Right? It is doing that makes the difference. Doing is always what makes the difference. And it's in the context of a relationship. Right? That every single one of us, we're, we're encouraged to actually go do and go apply and go try the things that we learn a bit about while we're together in this room or while we're together and, and we're watching together. And see, this is huge, right? This is, this is so incredibly important. And th- again, this is, no, this is no small task, right? And, and maybe you don't realize this. Maybe you've never thought about this before. But this is why this is so hard. This is what we are asking as a church. We're, this is what we're asking God to do. We're asking God to actually create, think about this, entry points for people who are exploring their faith and those who are coming back to their faith. While at the very same time, right, while this is happening, we're asking for God at the very same time to continue to grow and disciple those of us who already are followers of Jesus by using us as followers of Jesus to help disciple and mature those people who are around us. Right? This is huge. This is incredibly, incredibly important. This is central. 
right, to what it is that we do as a church. And so my goal and my hope um, for us as we've been through this series together for the last couple of weeks, um, even as, as difficult as this is, as challenging as this is, as much as we need God to do this in and through us, uh, my goal is actually really simple. Um, because my goal is that every single one of us, that all of us, that we would understand how critical it is for each of us to be working together to create places and environments for people to feel like they belong. And then to get all of us, that's number one. And number two is that we get everybody. We get everybody to actually take this time to get connected into a group. Right? And if you're kind of in group limbo, right, because you had a group, but because of everything we've been through over the last couple years, you're not sure if you still have a group, or maybe your group has only met a couple of times, and so you're kind of not sure, are you in, are you out, are we even still meeting? Um, I just want one of you, somebody in your group, just um, kind of take the reins and say, hey, we're either going to get reconnected, or we're just going to decide to... to to start new groups, right? And if you need to start a new group, that's fine, right? That's fine. We want to help you get connected into a group this summer that will meet your current stage of life, right? Just scan the QR code, come to one of the meetups this summer. We're going to make it super easy for you to do this. We want you to do this. We want you to put yourself into an environment where you can actually grow spiritually and be challenged to get connected to other people relationally. Right? And no matter where you put yourself on the spectrum um, when it comes to following Jesus, maybe you're completely sold out on following Jesus. Maybe you're at the other end and you're, you're somewhat skeptical and you're not sure exactly what you believe um, as a follower of Jesus. Or even if you are a follower of Jesus, regardless of where you are, we want to be a community of followers of Jesus who are all in community and creating community for one another with varying degrees of spiritual maturity, right? That we're actually walking alongside each other, helping to model and to disciple each other so that we understand what it means to have a place where we belong, right? A place where people know us and who accept us for who we really are. But, and this is always the key, right? This is always the key. Who are willing to love us too much to just simply leave us the way that we are. A place where people will know you and they will work to get you connected, right? Just like as we talked about last week, that the best understanding of church is, in fact, the understanding of, of church as a family that one another's one another. Because the church is loving one another. The church is encouraging one another. The church is forgiving one another. The, the church is, is about learning to, to bear each other's burdens, and see, the truth is, we want to see and I want to see every single one of you and us grow in a way that could never happen if you are just exclusively shoulder to shoulder in this room. It will, the way we want to see you grow will never happen if you're only shoulder to shoulder in this room, but instead will only happen when you put yourself into an, an environment where you can regularly be face to face with another follower of Jesus. This is why we always say that God does big things in small groups because it's in the context of relationships that every single one of us, we feel like we are seen, like we are known, and like we are loved by our Heavenly Father and other followers of Jesus. It's why we believe that groups are for everybody. Right, groups are even for those of you um, who may not be quite sure that you are a follower of Jesus yet. In fact, um, what I want you to look at today, what we're going to spend a few moments looking at today, is something that someone who isn't Jesus said that I know you actually already agree with and you already believe. Right, King Solomon, 
who was the third king of Israel and the son of King David, right? King Solomon once very famously said this. He said, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work, right? In other words, this is why you don't ever want to have to cut the grass and do yard work by yourself, right? Right here. This is why you don't want to have to do housework by yourself. It's why you always want to get your kids or your spouse helping you do these things because two are better than one. And then he continues and he says this. He tells us, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Right, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen someone fall financially and there was no one there to actually help them back up? Have you ever seen someone fall in their marriage right, and there was no one there other than family to actually help them up now that they'd fallen? Have you ever seen uh, someone uh, fall with an illness, maybe, uh, or an illness between a husband and a wife, or maybe an illness um, w- with a kid, and there's nobody there other than family to help them through that illness? Have you ever seen someone fall morally, a husband or a wife fall morally? And now um, another hu- the, the spouse, the husband or the wife of that person is pleading and looking for someone to help them. And there's nobody there. There's no one they are connected to other than family in order to help them now that they've fallen. Let me ask you another question. If any of those things happened to you, would there be someone there to help you? If you were to fall in your marriage, fall in your finances, fall with one of your kids, is there somebody there that's connected to you right now other than family that would actually be there to help you now that you've fallen? Is there anybody in your life right, who could walk up to you right now and say, hey, what's going on? And they won't just accept I'm fine as an answer because they actually know you well enough to know that there is in fact something bothering you. Right now, is there anyone that you are connected to relationally that can actually say that to you and have the ability for you to get honest with them? Is there anyone there to help you if you were to fall? Listen to what Solomon writes next. He says this Though one may be overpowered, right? Two can defend themselves. So he changes the imagery on this a little bit, right? It goes from being um, something random, right, to something that, something that actually overtakes us, doesn't it? Another translation says it another way. It says this, though one may be overwhelmed, two can defend themselves, Right? Solomon says, listen, at some point in life, every single one of us, because of circumstances of life, because of events of life, every single one of us are going to feel like we are overwhelmed. And when we find ourselves in overwhelming circumstances, Solomon says, we will do better if there is someone that we're already attached to to actually bring Jesus to us in the midst of those overwhelming circumstances. Now, here's the thing. I don't really think I need to tell you that. Do I? Does any, do any of us not already know this? And then Solomon goes on and he makes a statement that, again, many of you have probably heard before. He, he goes on and he says this. He says, a cord of three strands is not easily, or your translation, your translation might say, not quickly broken. 
Now, Autumn and I, uh, we've been a part of, of more small groups and ministry groups in the last 30 years than I can count. And as I thought about this moment and thought about you all, um, and I thought about this section of Scripture, the truth is, in every small group, every ministry group that we have ever been in, there has always been at least one person um, that I would say had a, a broken heart. That's absolutely true. But I don't think, I cannot picture or think of anyone that, we've, we've, that, is, that I know personally, whether it's been in our group or somebody else's group, that was in fact a member of an action, action, actually functioning an active and functioning small group whose broken heart left them completely broken down. And, and see, what Solomon is alluding to here is something that all of us, right? You, all of us have felt this at some point in our lives. All of us have come to the understanding that at some point in our lives, we all need some somebodies, right? Either because of decisions we've made, decisions other people have made, or decisions that life has just kind of made for us. And so Solomon says, right, Solomon says, I pity, I pity, right? And I think the truth is we've all been there, haven't we? Because you've seen, you've seen this, you have seen this, I've seen this in somebody else's life. I have felt this. Pity anyone, Solomon says, who falls and has no one there to help them up. Now Jesus speaks into this and then Jesus gives us an additional perspective. And Jesus actually says this in Luke chapter 17. Jesus looks at his disciples, right? The group of people he, he loved the most, the group of people who he cared about the most, the group of people that he was connected to the most. And he looks at all of them and he says to all of them, listen, it is inevitable. It is absolutely inevitable that stumbling blocks are going to come into your life, right? And the reason you stumble over something is because you don't see it. Right? I mean, if you saw it, you would never stumble over it. And Jesus says these things that cause us to stumble, these things that potentially have the, the ability to actually trip us up, they're just kind of going to be out there waiting for us. No matter how long you've been following me, Jesus would say, no matter how long your family has been following me, no matter how long your kids have been following me, Jesus says it is actually impossible it is impossible for any of us to go through life in this world without having something thrown at us that has the potential to make us stumble. Right? And this word that we translate as, as stumbling blocks um, actually comes from a, an interesting Greek word called skandala. And it literally means traps. That's what the literal meaning of the word is, is a trap. But Jesus uses it, uses it figuratively in this section of scripture um, to, to describe those people, right, those relationships, those circumstances, those things that kind of blindside each of us in, in the course of our lives. And then something, next thing we know, something's kind of happened to our faith, right? Something happens to our intimacy with our Heavenly Father. We experience something in life in, in this world, and the next thing we know, um, we're, we're just all of a sudden, we're just not as involved in church. We're not as involved with our church family. We're, we're not as connected or, or engaged, as we used to be. And see, the problem, Jesus would say, is that no, no matter how um, smart you are, no matter how mature you are, um, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how much of the Bible you've actually memorized, um, Jesus would say, um, it, listen, it is impossible for any of you, for me, for any of us, to actually go through life in this world without having something thrown at you that has the potential or that will cause you to stumble. 
Right? And the truth is, all of us could raise our hands and we could tell our own stories about this, couldn't we? Because all of us, as we think back on our past, we have these moments in life where something has kind of been thrown into our life and we've stumbled because of it. Some, for some of us, um, sometimes we stumble over ideas. Right? For some of you, it was that class that you took in college. And it was that professor who had you read something or watch something or it was a discussion that you heard. And, and you've never been able to get that worldview or that idea out of your mind, right? And it was something that your parents didn't have an answer for. Maybe your pastor or your priest didn't have an answer for. And that idea, that new piece of information, you, you kind of, it caused you to stumble. And pretty soon you just, you just were not as connected. You were not as engaged. You were not as um, motivated right, to actually be a part of church as like you used to be. But see, the truth is, I think for most of us, if we're honest, when we look at our own pasts, right, the things that we stumble over, it's not ideas. It's actually people, isn't it? Relationships. It happened when you, when you graduated from high school and you moved to college or when you graduated college and you moved back home, when you moved out of home, when you started that new job or, or you moved into a new home or you moved into a new city and all of a sudden the, the, the people that you were closest to, right, those people were gone and now you had a new group of people and, and those things that were so important to you, they just weren't important to them. And pretty soon what you discovered is that those things weren't important anymore to you either. And see, this is the hard part because some of us, if we're really honest right now, uh, and, and we think about the people that we're connected to spiritually, emotionally, relationally, if we think about the people we're most connected to, the truth is for some of you, you're here right now and, and you, you know that when you leave here today, it doesn't matter what we talk about, you cannot talk about whatever subject was talked in this room or whatever you watched about, you cannot bring that into that group with that group of people. They will not hear it. They do not want to have anything to do with it. For some of you, you know that, don't you? For others of you, maybe um, you're thinking about starting a relationship. Maybe you're in a relationship. Maybe you're in love. Maybe you've moved in. Maybe you've been asked to move in. And if you're really honest, that, that, that person or that group of people that you are connected to relationally, it hurts to say it, but you know it's true. They are the thing that's kind of taken you by surprise, right? And they're the ones. That relationship is what's causing you to stumble right now. And see, for you, this is so weird because you think to yourself, okay, how did this happen to me? Because I always knew that my relationship with God was important. God has always been important to me. My faith has always been important to me. I've always loved going to church. I've always loved being a part of church. I've always looked forward to church. And my faith is, is always, my faith has always been so critical to me. right? But then somebody came along or some bodies came along and suddenly... Things were not the way they used to be for you. Another thing that causes a lot of us to, to stumble um, is actually wealth. And this is, this is kind of challenging because we don't expect this, right? Um, Jesus uses this phrase over and over again, actually, in the New Testament. He talks about um, the deceitfulness of wealth, right? You, you've, probably, you've probably heard this phrase before. Um, you know what the, the, the phrase, the deceitfulness of wealth, means? It means that wealth can deceive you. It's not really complicated, right? That's what it means, that wealth 
can deceive you. And see, the way wealth deceives us is because we just naturally think in our culture, we tend to think um, that it, the, the, the wealthier you are, the smarter you are, and if you're smart, then you're protected. If you're smart, then you're safe. Right? But that's not true. Right? Because all of us, don't we know some not-so-smart rich people? And don't all of us know some very, very, very smart, not-so-rich people? Right? This is why, so f- for me, right, this is why for me one of the, the sections of Scripture that I actually pray for myself um, on a regular basis, it comes out of, uh, out of Proverbs chapter 30, and it says this, it's Heavenly Father, right? Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, well, who is or who needs the Lord. Right? The, the truth is the author of Proverbs knows that, that wealth can be a good thing, but wealth can also be that thing that just kind of causes us to stumble in our relationship, in our connection to, in our dependence on our Heavenly Father. Now the flip side of this is that um, hard times, right? Hard times can definitely be a, a stumbling block. Difficult times can certainly be a stumbling block because difficult times, they kind of take your breath away spiritually, don't they? And they make you ask questions like, okay, does God not know what's happening with me right now? Is God not aware of what my family is going through right now? Why is it that I had kind of this like wrinkle-free life and now all of a sudden no matter what happens, things just go from bad to worse. And I'm praying more than I've ever prayed in my life before and I'm reading my Bible more than I've ever read my Bible before. I'm going to church constantly, like I am constantly in church and it feels like my life is just getting worse instead of getting worse better, right? I mean, difficult times and hard times, they can certainly be a stumbling block for all of us. And see, what's interesting is that in this section of Scripture, um, Jesus doesn't actually answer the question why, does he? And he doesn't go into all the different types, like these are all the different types of stumbling blocks that are going to come into our lives. He doesn't do that. He just simply tells us, that it's going to be impossible. It's going to be impossible for you or for me, for any of us to go through life in this sin-filled, broken world without things being thrown at us that have the potential or that will cause us to stumble. And again, the truth is, I don't think I really need to convince anybody of that. Do I? But let me just ask the question, because this is one of those things that even though it's critically important, and even though it affects all of us at some point in our lives, the truth is, if we're honest, we just don't ever stop to actually think about it. But do you think, is it possible, right, is it possible, could something out there actually be thrown in your way that could cause you to stumble away? Is it possible? Right? Is it possible that something could be thrown into your life that could cause you to stumble out of your relationship with Jesus, stumble out of your faith, stumble out of your belief, stumble out of the things that you value that are so incredibly important to you? Do you think it is possible that something could be thrown in your way that could in fact cause you to stumble away? Come on, Jesus does. Jesus certainly does. Let me ask it to you this way. Do you think it's possible that something could be thrown into the life of your middle school kid 
your elementary school kid, your high school student, your college student? Do you think it's possible that something could be thrown into the lives of your children or your grandchildren that could cause them to stumble out of their faith, stumble out of their relationship with Jesus, cause them to stumble away from the values and the beliefs that you've worked so hard to instill in them? Do you think it's possible that something could come along and cause your kids, our kids, to actually stumble away from the things that we think are most important, their relationship with their Heavenly Father and their Savior? I mean, is that possible? I mean, come on, if you're a parent, right, if you're a grandparent, you know, right, I know, the, absolutely we do. Absolutely, this is, that's what keeps us up at night, isn't it? That's what we worry about. This is what we cry about. Absolutely we believe that. We need you. We need you. Now more than ever, every single one of you, the only hope that our kids have and the world of kids out there, the kids that are friends with your kids, the kids that live down the street from your kids, your grandkids, the kids that you see going up and down the street on their bikes, the only hope that they have in this world are people who love Jesus and who are willing to love them and to bring Jesus into their lives. We need you now more than ever. Please, scan the QR code. Have a conversation. Interrupt your schedule. Just a little bit. Not a lot. Just a little bit. We need you. You know this. People can't see God, can they? Can't see Jesus. Certainly cannot see the Holy Spirit. Church 101. Following Jesus 101. However, people can see people who follow God. And people can see people who follow Jesus. People can absolutely see people who are led by the Holy Spirit. And people always see. They always see the church. Right? It is easy. It is incredibly easy to actually stumble out of church when all church is for you is just what we do when we are shoulder to shoulder. It's even easy to stumble out of your Bible and praying when it's just you by yourself, when it's only you on your own. Right? It's even easy to stumble out of faith and stumble out of, of um, your beliefs completely when it's just you by yourself. If, if it wasn't so easy, I mean, think about it. We would not have to talk about this all the time. The right event at the right time, the right circumstances, and your faith or my faith, it can be absolutely decimated. But it is hard. It is very, very hard to actually stumble out of true community and real relationships when you actually have a place that you belong. Now listen, all through this series, the last couple of weeks, and today especially, um, this has given me the chance to kind of share with you some of, some of the things that are on my heart that I wish for you, things that I want um, for us as a church. And um, I also, um, I, I want to use this opportunity to, to kind of flip that around a little bit and flip that script because I want to I tell you what also breaks my heart. And I, I've shared this with you before, um, but this happened just again a, a couple of weeks ago and it reminded me of the awfulness of this moment. Um, it, it breaks my heart when we, um, the church, right, when the building 
Um, and ultimately, when I, when I get a phone call from somebody and I hear somebody on the other end of a phone say something to me like, okay, I need help with my son, I need help with my daughter, I need help with my wife, right? I need help with my kids. Right? And, and what breaks my heart isn't the person asking for help. Um, what, what breaks my heart is, is that um, I kind of know the situation. I can see the train coming right? as the phone rings and as I get on the phone. And, and I know that the person on the other end of the phone is desperate for this person um, that they're trying to get help for, who's making some really bad decisions with some terrible, terrible consequences. And so invariably, I always end up asking that person the very same question. I always ask them, okay, well, who, right, who are they connected to? And so many times after I ask this question, the same thing happens, right? The phone just goes silent. And when that happens invariably, 90, 95% of the time, the answer I get back is no one. No one. They are not connected to anyone because, listen, if they were, they would not be calling the office church. Because, listen, the church, right, the real church is not somebody sitting in an office someplace. And please know, I welcome all those calls. We do, I do personally, right? That, that's not the issue. Here's the problem. This is the issue with this. This is why I'm bringing this up. The office church, we can always express concern and compassion immediately. We can do that. Our, our people here do that so well. But when you are in one of these situations, what you need is more than just concern and compassion. What you need is, in fact, relationship. And relationship always takes time. And if you do not hear anything that I say today, please do not miss this. When you need relationships the most, that is always, 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 it is always the worst time to go out and try to develop those relationships. Because when you need a relationship the most, if you have not developed it along the way, it will not be there for you. And what breaks my heart is knowing that not only is there someone on the other end of the phone that, that's trying desperately to get help for this person that literally means the world to them, it's also knowing there is nobody in that person's life who they are connected to relationally who is already there to help them now that they've stumbled. And so I want every single one of you, I do, I want every single one of you, no excuses, none of you are too busy. The interesting thing is when you get into a small group, you're going to realize everybody you meet is as busy or busier than you. Did you know that? Every single one of them. They are as busy or busy than you. I want you connected in a group so that when one of these things gets thrown into your life, there is actually someone there to walk with you through the overwhelming circumstances of life. And again, remember, it's not like being connected face-to-face -face is somehow going to prevent any of the stuff we're talking about today from happening, right? I mean, we know that. I mean, Jesus himself, right, is very, very clear about that. That's not true at all. It's just that when these circumstances do happen, the kind of phone calls that I get, Right? They're not from, from some family member who's desperate for, for this stranger from the office church to somehow intervene in their life. It's a phone call from someone who's in their small group who already has a relationship with this person who is hurting, who's already working with the other members of the small group to actually be the church and get this person the help that they need and to walk alongside them in the midst of their suffering and be an encouragement to them and remind them that, listen, even though you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, God is still God. He is still good. 
and he is still with you. And even if you never choose to get connected, you just need to know we have an awesome church. We will always be here for you. But listen, we may not know you. I mean, we'll show up at the hospital. But understand, we may have to get your name straight before we walk through the door. We, we will bring food to your home, I promise. But we might be late. Because we don't already know where you live. The office church, listen, the office church, on its best day, will never, ever, ever be as good as the face-to-face -face church that you actually have the opportunity to be connected with and be a part of right now. People who are going to know your name, know your kid's name, know where your parents live, know your story. People who are going to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus to you personally. And listen, the office church, it was never intended to be this good. Because this is the church that God has made us to be. This is the church that Jesus died for us to be. And this is the church that I wish and I want for every single one of you to have. Let me pray for you today. Jesus, uh, the truth is you couldn't have been more clear. It is absolutely impossible this weekend it's a big reminder of that. Um, it is impossible for any of us to go through life in this sin-filled and broken world without events and circumstances being thrown at us that we didn't ask for, maybe we didn't even deserve, but that cause us to stumble. And Holy Spirit, I, I know that as we hear these words and as we think about this for ourselves, I know, Holy Spirit, because this is me. I can hear all of this and say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, you don't understand. Yeah, but, and the truth is, if I'm really honest with myself and with you, Father, it comes down to two things for me, always. My schedule, and I'm intimidated. I hate to move my schedule, and I'm always intimidated to try to go and create or to form or to make a new relationship. And Father, that's me. And, and there's probably other people um, who have different reasons, if we're honest with you, Father, about why we always resist this and we put our hands up. But Father, some of us probably also have those two reasons. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, that in this moment right now, that, that we would just let our defenses down, that we would drop our guard, that we would hear what it is, Holy Spirit, that you are telling us today in these words. And most of all, I would ask that you would give us the courage to act on and to do what it is that you're calling us to do right now. We pray all of this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.